0: Look, I have a commitment to the team.
1: Yeah, well, the teams aren't gonna last forever. I'm sorry, guys, but I cannot be a part of this funeral procession. I'm out of here. See you later.
0: When danger is
1: its own reward,
0: we move out together. Only together.
1: There are men who will go anywhere.
0: You guys are crazy. Right Proud of it, baby.
1: Dare anything.
0: We're SEAL team. We're here to get you out.
1: They're Navy SEALs.
0: You when I'm hot.
1: An elite fighting force. You
0: don't gotta love it, you just gotta
1: do it! Who don't know how to lose. Navy SEALs are paid to take risks. They're paid to die if necessary.
0: We go in there, we hit them, and forget them. That's what we do. There's more to it than that. Come on, Lieutenant.
1: What are the SEALs up to? Nothing special. Training? Sounds like fun.
0: One is a leader.
1: Let me take my team back in there. The other, a daredevil. Yeah! That's Hawkins. That's
0: normal? No, that's abnormal. Yeah. I told you to stay put. What do you want from me, huh? You still don't get it, do you? You're looking for a rush? Well, I hope you got it. Together, they're America's designated hitters against terrorism. You're involved.
1: I don't create the news. I report it.
0: If America kills our people, then our people will
1: kill Americans. You're going to Lebanon, baby. That's all you gotta know. To risk
0: we're gonna have company
1: body just got big trained ass. to win uh, this doesn't look
0: good it just got worse Charlie Sheen Michael Bean Joanne Wally Kilmer Navy seals
1: Welcome back to Reconcinimation. I am John Diner. And I'm
0: David Munchak.
1: And this is the podcast where we take a look back at our favorite films from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And, David, I am super, super excited about today's episode. You know why? Why? Because we've been talking about this movie, about doing a podcast on this movie, since 1999, Mm. 2000, somewhere Mm. around there,
0: right? Yeah, definitely pre-9-11, you and I. Who knew each other then we're talking about doing a audio podcast um about this particular movie absolutely that's the truth
1: yeah we conceptualized like what a podcast was and then we said, you know what wait let's let the world catch up to us <laughs> yeah. and when it's ready we will we will birth reconconsidermation on society which it, we've done yeah
0: there's it's uh now is the time. We finally got to a place where the world is ready for our <laughs> hot take on a hot movie.
1: And uh, and we have been talking a lot of Bill Paxton. This is smack in the middle of Paxton Fest uh, 2020. <laughs> we, of course, were talking about, uh, had an epic episode about the iconic uh, Aliens film uh, a few weeks back. And, of course, we segued that into... Uh, The follow-up to that, which is Near Dark for Bill. And uh, now we're going to, you know, we're going to take a few years, jump a few years ahead of that. And we're going to dial the Wayback Machine to 1990.
0: Are you ready for that? I can't can't wait. It's my favorite year that ends in a zero. (laughs) Probably. Isn't it everybody's?
1: Uh Uh-huh. We are going to talk... I think the world's finally ready. It's this moment where it's happened, and now they're ready to talk about Navy Seals.
0: Navy Seals. Oh, That's right. Navy Seals. I had the wrong 1990s movie prepared.
1: Oh, what did you have? What was your Paxton movie for 90?
0: Oh, well, I think Paxton had uh, a cameo in Ernest Goes to Jail, so I was ready to talk all (laughs) about that movie. Uh,
1: (laughs) Well... Luckily, Shoot. you know Navy Seals backwards and forwards, so you can just go off the cuff here.
0: That's good. That's a good point. I, yeah, I don't need to have rewatched it recently, so don't worry. I'm ready. Let's just because
1: talk. because you've always recently rewatched Navy Seals, just like me.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's in the normal rotation. Yeah, <laughs> it's
1: Wednesday at two a.m. Might as well throw Navy Seals. Throw in. it in. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and we're talking about the VHS oh, copy. I'm throwing it in the VCR and watching it.
1: Uh and that and I owned the VHS. I think it was I want to say it was a Good Times home video copy of Navy Seals.
0: Oh, okay. Wow. The distributor Good Times. Which which meant
1: uh that was the cheap videotape. Super cheap.
0: Really. So these br- those broke pretty easily or yeah,
1: ridden. like a lot of tracking issues, you know, very low quality image, but uh, it was nine ninety nine, so it was or, or less. So wow. uh, that's the bin it was in at Suncoast.
0: Oh, okay. I was gonna say, did you get it at like a truck stop? <laughs> you know, you go to a truck stop. And oh, there's, it was there. Yeah, there's movies you've <laughs> never heard of and like super cheap and CDs and music you like that you never would see in a in a major retailer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, yeah. This was absolutely. definitely this was definitely at the truck stop. <laughs>
1: I think you know and i want to say this is this the first the very first movie about like specifically about navy seals
0: it could be i mean the seals were created what in the 60s um yeah it was
1: yeah an idea kind of hatched by jfk
0: yeah so i don't know if yeah if they were ever the front and center uh of uh, you know focus of a film i i can check i can see Um,
1: well, just, I mean, just off the top of my head, I think I I can't think of a movie that featured Navy SEALs. Of course you had many other, you know, uh, parts of the military in movies, but you didn't really see Navy SEALs specifically, I think until this movie. And then you see them, you know, quite often afterwards, but this, this kind of, this was a groundbreaking film. That's right. I said it. Navy SEALs is a groundbreaking film.
0: Without Navy SEALs, we wouldn't have probably half the, Navy SEAL movies that we do—you're probably right.
1: That's that's true. Yeah, and we're going to talk about them. Um, when uh, you know when was the first time you saw Navy SEALs?
0: Okay, all cards on the table. Like, <laughs> like in the last week.
1: <laughs> Peel back the curtain. Peel yeah. back the
0: curtain. But you know, Navy SEALs was always a movie I've been aware of, and then pop culturally, uh, I, I was aware that Navy SEALs kind of got a you know, kind of got ragged on a little bit and uh, made fun of uh, if people liked it. And I mean, I think probably from a certain perspective of people, uh, a a certain type of people don't like this movie. Um, You know, so it was like sort of a jokey kind of thing. Oh, you like Navy SEALs? But, uh, you know, I was aware of it and was always curious to see it. And, uh, you know, this show was the perfect opportunity to really dive in and see where do I where do I fit in with the Navy SEAL fandom?
1: Yeah, I I think Navy SEALs is kind of like the little brother who you just get in a headlock and like just rub his, you know, like give him a noogie and like rub his, mess up his hair. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of how Navy SEALs is treated by Hollywood.
0: I see. I see. (laughs) It's the little brother. Yeah, I get that. The, the, yes. In the, in back. The little
1: brother of the action movies.
0: Back in the 90s, we would use way more derogatory comments about that like yeah. that character you're saying the little brother today yeah. we don't yeah. say those things anymore right but i kind of i want to well, i'm not going to because i don't talk like that but i get what you're saying everyone everyone yeah. here knows what we're talking about <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember the exact first time I, I, I do. Okay. I saw Navy seals on a sleepover, which is, this is a great sleepover movie. Um, mm-hmm. I was 12 or 13. <laughs> I thought you are going to say sleeping 20. Sleeping over my first, <laughs> I was 27. <laughs> like, oh, Jesus, okay. yeah, yeah. I was 12 or 13. I, I was sleeping over my friend Jeremy's house back in, in Somers, New York. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we had a couple of movies. I think we did a back-to-back of Navy SEALs and Aspen Extreme. Oh, boy. Okay. So it was a real highbrow night.
0: Aspen Extreme, is that a canon film?
1: Uh, I don't think canon put that one out. No. but Sounds like one. I mean, they might as well have. But it's uh, Peter Berg. It's a skiing movie. Oh. It's um, not good. Not good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But we watched this back to back and I had, I'd always, you know, and that was probably 93 maybe. And I had always wanted to see it. Like I remember when the trailers were out in, in 1990, I mean, I probably saw it in front of, I don't know, Robin Hood or something, or Robin Hood might've been 91, but mm-hmm. something. And, and I was like, Oh, I got to see that movie. And I just didn't for whatever reason. And, mm-hmm. and so I was really looking forward to watching it. And, you know, and then years later, it got popular again with the whole um, the whole clerks thing. Do you remember that?
0: Oh, because clerks made fun of Navy SEALs, right? Yeah. <laughs> they made <laughs> Wait, fun. what? The clerks made fun of Navy SEALs, right? Oh yeah, 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 absolutely.
1: With the with the video store guy,
0: right? Okay, yeah, maybe that's how I first learned of the ridicule of this movie was. That's
1: probably it. Well, I think that's. I think that's where it started was the, you know, with the popularity of clerks and, you know, a, you know, a part of that movie is where they make fun of Navy SEALs a few times. And, uh, I, I think that started to really, I think Navy SEALs had kind of been for, totally forgotten at that point and, and it was only brought back because of clerks. So.
0: Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Huh. Uh huh.
1: But I when this movie when I, the first time I saw this movie I was I had really mixed feelings about it and and I think we're going to get into the details of it but like I had big expectations for this movie I mean there's it seems like there, there's no real reason it shouldn't have been a bigger movie or a better movie but it definitely falls short of that and it's it's we're going to look at kind of why that happened and what what it is about this movie that kind of throws it off track as opposed to a lot of the other you know action movies of of the late 80s that were that were hits and why this wasn't. Mm, okay. I mean to to me this is like the GI Joe the live action movie. I mean it, it's kind of doing the same exact thing.
0: Yeah, I th- I see what you mean like this sort of a uh, straight binary good guys versus bad guys, you know, violent gunplay uh movie with a bunch of like cool set pieces and like technology and 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 gear yeah. and stuff, yeah. Like this, yeah. I think that's a great way to put it. Like, I'm a real life yeah, G.I. Joe. Mean,
1: yeah, like Michael Bean could have been Duke, Charlie Sheen could have been Flint, and you know, like um, roadblocks in there and gung ho, and you could have had you know completely a live action version, and, and that would be Navy SEALs, but. <laughs> That's maybe they should have done that.
0: <laughs> just they should have just called it G. I. Joe. And and then but don't don't reference anything from G.I. Joe.
1: Right. Just yeah. use these
0: guys as a there. Call it G. I.
1: Joe the movie too, but not reference anything from G. I. Joe. Yeah. Make it all new
0: characters. <laughs> now with real bullets and no lasers and
1: <laughs> no snake eyes. And no Cobra Commander. No Cobra or Commander. Snake Eyes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's basically this movie is like a giant Navy recruitment film. Yeah, remember those early like join the army? What was it? Join the army now commercials throughout the nineties.
0: Yeah, I mean they they probably still air those things where it's just like these heroic this heroic view of like soldiers and and whoever in the Navy or in the Army or the Marines. Uh, I think all five branches really had commercials going, but. You know, they show like these yeah. these people doing their jobs and then it kind of usually related to like a real human being like you, like, who could be, who could join and enlist and like sort of make you look like, oh, you can be one of these heroes doing your, doing your job there. So, yeah, I remember those. Uh, did you ever? They were everywhere. Did you ever when you were about to graduate high school did you ever get calls from recruiters?
1: Uh not that I remember.
0: Cause no, I, I don't think I did. Did I you? Did, I did, yeah. And where I'm in Pennsylvania, I mean I th- my senior year I started getting a call and I honestly I don't remember what branch of the military it was from. Um and it was about ta- and he we start we struck up a nice like sort of rapport. And he was like wanted to talk to me about uh joining and enlisting and all that and you know what am I going to do after high mm. school and all that and I think he called me over the course of I don't know over five months he called me maybe three or four times so it was funny to let and then like just talking and he was just like he was a very charismatic guy and it was a, uh, and he would he was always just you know, talking to me about stuff I'm into or whatever and trying to find a through line to be like, why that would be cool to, to, uh, to be doing for, for this, for let's just say it was the army. Like, yeah, join the army. You know, you could be learning these skills and that would be great for what you're into. (laughs) And when it got, he, it was really a, a, um, mental gymnastics for him to translate. Well, what do you do? What do you do in school? And what are you into? I'm like, well i do theater and uh <laughs> i'm i think i want to major in english and he really he went for it mean, i don't remember but i was i was impressed with how he at least made the effort to like get, try to find an entry point for someone like me um and then i think you know he probably got the the hint or got you know i never said like don't don't or you know stop calling but i think he knew i was a At a certain point, a lost cause. Like he was never going to recruit me to come in. Like so, he filled his quota for calling me. Um, And yeah, I mean, I'm sure I was on some list somewhere because I was about I was going to graduate that year.
1: Wow, a munchak in the army. I uh, I would have liked to have seen that.
0: That'd be something. They would have they would have whipped my ass into shape if I didn't, or I probably would have washed out. (laughs) (laughs) I would have been like, "Fuck!" I think you made the right call. Well, I did I did what was best for me at the time. And maybe what was better for the the best for the army. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you made the best decision you could for them.
0: For the, I uh, I did them the favor. It's it costs a lot of money to to train a new guy. <laughs> so it's not wasted on this on this guy. Anyway, that's my recruitment story, but um yeah, this movie is like like that. Like hey, check out all the cool shit the the Navy SEALs do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was a huge GI Joe nut, so mm-hmm. we, you know, I, I probably had acted out this movie like a hundred times with my GI Joes <laughs> before the movie even came out. Ah, so, right. So I, I felt like I, I knew it was going to happen, but um, yeah. At the same time, you know, we'll get into the cast a little bit later, but I do hold this movie near and dear to my heart because oh. it's got some of my favorites. It's got not just Michael Bean sure. who uh we talked about in our aliens episode but also Mr. Paxton himself.
0: Yeah, Paxton's in this movie at least.
1: <laughs> you don't get a lot of them. Yeah, and that's what I I, I want to yeah, we're going to talk about that a little later. First uh I want to talk about, you know, how the how the movie came to be and where it came from and uh, the genesis of it and uh Okay, tell me this, all
0: about that.
1: The the movie was written by Chuck Farrar who was uh in the navy he was a an actual navy seal um he wrote the script actually he was always kind of dabbling in screenwriting with a, with a partner of his at the time and while he was in the navy before joining the navy seals he had sent out a few spec scripts and kind of let them kick around hollywood enough to get apparently he, they got an agent they had sold a, a script and and gotten an agent while he was uh, in the Navy. Uh So he ends up, uh, you know, he's in Beirut. I mean, he's in heavy stuff. He's in Beirut in 1983 with the the bombings that were going on there. Uh He becomes a Navy SEAL in 1984 and stays uh, in the SEALs till 86 when he retires. And, And, you know, Navy SEALs it's it's amazing what these guys put their bodies through and what they can endure i mean just in training you know they go through things like you know being i i it's you know they go they get they go underwater for excruciatingly long periods of time they go like 6 days without sleep a, a lot of really intense it's, it's not for most people i think like it's something like 80% of people who try out for the seals drop out
0: yeah and they're already in the navy <laughs> like so they're already like yeah they're big yeah. big deals or you know tra- you know already been broken down and built up and you know have have a, a level of endurance that most of, you know the average person doesn't so imagine trying to be the elite among that yeah and and you're not getting it so yeah to be a seal is a, an accomplishment
1: yeah, it really is and and a lot of respect to those guys to be able to do that. I mean, these are these are the guys who go, you know, this is not a normal not a normal but an average branch of the military. That these guys are special teams that get sent in, into very specific areas for specific missions and you know, they're not in there you know, there's a misconception for I think a long period of time thanks to like Rambo and commando and that these guys would go in just guns blazing and blast everybody up. And that's not what these guys do at all. They're very basically like get in quietly, you know, accomplish whatever the mission is and get out and hopefully nobody's the wiser.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've read about some operations that it's pretty amazing that there were, they can do things without, without any casualties like over and over, like they accomplish their mission and, you know, as far as what's reported like that or whatever, whatever is like talked about. um, Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's pretty astounding. Um, And the, so yeah, there's a precision, there's obviously a level of, of intelligence and, and, and I don't know, just mental capacity, I think to be one of these people, like, like literally uh, knowing what your objectives are, your mission and being so good at what your skills are. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty astounding. It's funny. My, Growing up, my older brother, he had a friend, who I think was in grade school and in high school, and he lived near us, like a couple blocks away, and uh, he he enlisted, he joined the navy, and like I found out one day, like oh, he he actually became a seal, <laughs> and at the time, I was like, oh my god, I, all I knew was that's super impressive, like, and all I could wow, picture yeah. was this like tall, skinny dude who you know knowing him from when he was in high school and i was just like a little kid uh i'm yeah. like he became a seal like oh my god <laughs> like pretty pretty yeah it's uh even then knowing like how impressive that was and not not really having yeah. a scope of of the reality but anyway
1: yeah i think i think and as far as like the way they're portrayed in film you know you had a definitely with the the stallone and schwarzenegger kind of approach to you know and the chuck norris like shoot him up blow him up kind of thing that was going on um you know now in in modern action movies you see a much more accurate portrayal much more like how navy seals would would do their mission like you'd see in in zero dark 30 or something like that like very yeah. precise and you know specific thing that they're that they're doing or how they're 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 accomplishing their mission yeah um you know, I guess uh, I'm, I'm going to say, you might laugh, but Predator, you kind of get like a mix of it because clearly the, clearly like Dutch's team are a well-oiled machine and very, you know, can get in somewhere very quietly. It's just once they get in, then they blow everything to hell. So uh, <laughs> you yeah. have, you have kind of a mix in that one.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Okay. <laughs>
1: So, but anyway, yeah, so Chuck, Chuck Ferrar writes this script and um, it gets to uh, his, he's got an agent named uh, Brenda Fagan, who was a, a feminist and a political activist throughout the 70s. Now she's a Hollywood agent and she's, you know, telling him that a movie like this could really sell, um, especially with, you know, he's using... Elements from real missions and and that he's been on and places that he's been to and situations that he's been in. So, uh, you know, forming this into a screenplay that it could really be a successful movie. Because, I I mean, of course, in the 80s, they're looking for movies exactly like this. Sure. Uh, They eventually they sell the movie to... um, uh let's see they sold it to orion which obviously is a mark of excellence as we knew through the 80s and 90s are they back are Orion? is orion is there like a new version of orion producing movies
0: i think a new version yeah i don't i don't i wish i i I should be keeping up on the the competition out there this all the studios and and, uh, and all that but um yeah i don't know i think
1: somebody i think somebody bought the name and the logo i mean the logo's the same and, and they're starting to put out movies but of course it's not the same orion from from when we were growing up um yeah but they who are they were just pumping out movies like left and right kind of like canon in a way uh, it'd be interesting to compare orion and canon mm. orion was like the the a-list version of what what canon was but yeah um so yeah, so uh, you know, and, and and he tried to infuse Chuck Ferrar tried to infuse in the script a what he saw coming as far as what uh, you know military attacks were going to be like. The way of the future was the small scale ground assault. That you know he was he would say that you, you wouldn't you weren't going to see a war like World War II again. It wouldn't be fought like that. It's all going to be fought on in small groups. You know. Not necessarily hand to hand but just a small scale ground assault uh much more quiet and quick uh than than it would you know than was portrayed in in World War two and World War one and the korean war and 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 I think he was correct that seems to be the way military uh attacks have gone
0: yeah it's a, it's all small level you're not sending entire platoons into an area necessarily uh and 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 just shooting the place up tact, <laughs> very tactical, very strategic. And, you know, you can do a lot of stuff on the air now that you couldn't do back then. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, a lot of precision.
1: Well, yeah. And technology, the advancement in technology just helps that cause anyway. Yeah. Uh, so Orion agrees to make the movie and they go into pre-production and actually in 1987, with the original director, who was Richard Marquand, do you know another movie that Richard Marquand did?
0: Mm, I don't. I don't know. Tell me. You do know it. Tell me.
1: It's uh it's Look, Return is, of the
0: Jedi. Oh. Oh.
1: What? Yeah. Interesting. So Wait, it's a what? big director attached. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, not too far after Return of the Jedi, but. Unfortunately, during pre-production of, I think very early pre-production of this movie, he passes away, which kind of shuts down the project for a little bit until they can find the the, the a new director, mm-hmm. um, who they did find, which was Louis Teague. Now he's somebody who we haven't covered yet. We've mentioned a few of his movies, and but we are in the future going to cover many of his movies. Uh, he's coming off of Lady in Red Cujo Cat's Eye Jewel of the Nile mm-hmm. And of course The movie that struck fear Deep into my heart Alligator
0: Allig- Oh wow Yeah this man This man has, has been part of your life Since day one <laughs> <He's> <laughs> <laughs> Me
1: and Louis T. go way back <laughs> He's influenced <laughs> you far, far more than he knows
0: <laughs> Right <laughs>
1: So uh so he comes in and uh somewhere in 1988 they kind of get back on track track with uh prepping the movie. Now, the uh, the the to me the big part of this movie is the cast and you know, what we were talking about before, what what happened here because you've got especially in, at this point in time, you've got actors who are you know, Charlie Sheen and Michael Bean are at the height of their game. Uh, Bill Paxton is definitely coming into his own and has, has had some great roles, most of which we've covered here in our Paxton Fest, which you can find in the archives if you haven't heard it already at com. Mm-hmm. aliens, near dark, and now Navy SEALs. But, uh, you know, what is it? How did this movie go so far off track with these guys, you know, at the height of their game?
0: Uh, it, it might. It you know it might be that's not really that good of a movie <laughs> like that there's, there's
1: but what what exactly makes it that i guess let, let's talk about the actors first okay um you you got charlie sheen you got the machine yeah, the you, machine um, is
0: here yeah the machine's here he's huge 1990 sheen you can't beat this guy you want to No i mean
1: ready? going going 90 backwards He's in the rookie with Clint Eastwood. Uh, I think Men at Work came out. I want to say Men at Work came out right after Navy Seals, but um, yeah. Major League in '89, Eight Men Out, Young Guns, also which we've covered back in year one mm-hmm. of Cinemation, yep. Wall Street, and Platoon, which is you know a heavy Oscar movie. So those are those are big movies, and and he's coming off of all of those. So. Yeah. Uh, you know so much charisma and personality and in fact maybe it's too much <laughs> uh
0: it might be too much i think it, he he's certainly uh he's tonally uh hard to square with the rest of the film like he, you know he's very charming if like the movie was about him and i don't know his life or whatever this character uh hawkins um but you know he's just like he's a he's a quip machine and too clever and too charming for his own good in this film of kind of like a bunch of a bunch of just kind of duds you know i mean they're all like you know there's nothing that really interesting about any of these characters so yeah like sheen is like he's he is the star he's probably in the movie more than bean is right even though he's not the leader of this group like michael bean's character um right and that's that's the interesting
1: thing too is that he is charlie sheen is top billing but he's the second in command um of the team uh and he's got he's just got he's like really him and michael bean are the only ones who are really given a personality a storyline some kind of character work uh whereas everyone else isn't
0: yeah
1: um but charlie sheen in this movie it kind of or maybe I, I can't tell. I guess if it's Charlie Sheen and his portrayal of it, or is it the way Hawkins was written that he kind of just gets in his own way?
0: It, I don't know. I, I, the funny thing is, I would have rather seen Charlie Sheen as as Curran. Like, I'd rather see him be the leader and the kind of the straight guy uh, instead of like yucking it up the whole time. Like, you, plus, mm-hmm. and I mean, for the the fact that like all these guys, you know. Uh, you have almost zero personality among the rest of the guys, and then you're you have sort of Bean being like the, the guy in charge and the sort of conflicted guy. And then you kinda got Mr. Yucks like throwing out jokes and zingers and with a you know, devil may care attitude. It's just it's it's hard to it's really kinda hard to get behind the whole thing as th- them as an ensemble. Like you know, we, you just sort of have yeah. to trust it. But like I don't know, I would have loved to seen Charlie Sheen be more i'd rather him i'd rather they switch places honestly i think because i think michael bean would not be as charming as hawkins so you'd kind of maybe hate him more but then when he kind of turns it around and and shows you know his true you know his loyalty and all that i don't know i think i I feel like that would actually would have worked better um but yeah there's just there's something wrong with the tone of the character and the overall in in the place of the entire script, and then somewhere in the casting, I don't know, something went wrong, that just well, doesn't clear, quite yeah,
1: work. Yeah, and clearly they're going. You know, they need a name, a big name in this movie. And Michael Bean was a, a still a rising star at this point, but you know, Charlie Sheen was a huge name, so I, I think they were banking on his credibility as a star yeah. for this. Um, Michael Bean, I mean. We've talked about it before. I love Michael Bean. I'm a huge fan. Uh, I think he's just super cool and fantastic. And, and most of what he was in, especially up until this point. Um, but yeah, he even here, Lieutenant Curran, he's the team leader. He's very, you know, on the nose, good guy, straightforward. Um, you know, not a lot of layers to him. You kind of know what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been interesting, especially seeing him. I mean, he's coming off of the abyss and the seventh sign and aliens and Terminator, especially the abyss, like where you could see some real range in playing a villain and a, a psychotic villain at that, mm-hmm. that I, you know, yeah, I, I think if he could play the abyss, I mean, I think he could play, he could have played Hawkins. Oh, sure. would have been interesting.
0: Yeah. It might've been interesting. I mean, that's the, I mean, who's to say, but I think like, I don't know. You, yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting thing where I like I want to see Bean and Sheen, but I don't like a lot of what they do, and it, so it could come down to the script not being as strong. At least you know, like these are the only two characters that matter, which is fine. But then somewhere in the direction, I think, just makes it it just it it doesn't sing. You know, you could do a whole movie on Hawkins, but throwing him in yeah. the, the second second banana you know again i think it's like i want to see charlie sheen and taking me around instead of uh being no offense to bean i just think it's it's too on the nose with sheen being a wisecracking goofball in a sense right i mean he's he's such a he's you know Sheen's a good actor and everything but you know you you're you're caught up in his charm even if his character is a like huge racist and a complete asshole You, (laughs) yeah, like it's still like, huh, he's kind of good, like he's, I still want to see more, you know. Yeah, anyway, I don't know. That's well, and then,
1: and then, and then you've got Bill Paxton who is uh playing uh, Dane, who is you know, aka God, who's the sniper of the team, Mm -hmm. which is a could have been a cool role, uh, if they gave him something, but uh, this just kind of bewildered me why paxton who who is coming off of some you know roles all over the place but all filled with personality i mean predator 2 brain dead uh near dark obviously was huge for him and aliens and and even weird science Mm -hmm. that you know he can do a lot but they completely did not take advantage of it in this movie
0: yeah i i think it's a lack of a clarity i think from a directing standpoint and then and coming off this script and i'm sure like Paxton wanted to be in like, uh, it was probably sold. Like this is a great ensemble movie. It's a, you know, I'm sure it like, I think it probably was something he really wanted to do, but yeah, totally underutilized in this, uh, and not really giving him time to breathe. And that's the thing you got, you got those characters, the the other characters, Dennis Haysbert is the, probably the, who plays Graham is given the, the most to do after, uh, Hawk after Sheen and, and Bean. Um. Right. Like, as far as you know, he's got this this conflicted (laughs) view of getting married and bringing his bringing his fiancee into this life of, you know, the seals have to disappear at any time. Um, you know, and but like he clearly, it's it's so weird because he is completely cold, having cold feet about marrying her. Doesn't really want to do it. Doesn't seem to be like anything. Then he gets called away. The wedding's canceled then he like kind of like argues with her like this is my life are you sure you want to do this and it's like she's like i'm all in what are you talking about and it is yeah. you know it's like it's just poorly written there's nothing there's nothing there and it could have been a lot more because there's not a lot of love in when you're a seal so he was the only one with with that other an outside connection and right. you know the script doesn't isn't to serve that relationship it's to serve the, the boys the boys are back in town which we heard a Bon Jovi's oh, cover hold, of. hold on we're we're, we're going to get there. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, like so that's the thing it's like uh, Paxton, Haysbert totally underutilized too. Um I think it's uh yeah, I think that's clear.
1: Well, if you if you played a little mix him up. I mean, Paxton certainly could have played Hawkins.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, Paxton has the chops with that that kind of character for sure. Can play the asshole, can play it charming, can play it funny, and does all that. I mean, it's al- yeah. it's almost like you've got too too much of a good thing here, and like one of them has to be not that thing, you know?
1: Yeah, I would have I would have been especially at the time would have been really into a, a, another, and we'll talk we'll talk. There's a lot of casting connections with this group of actors, but I would have loved to have seen, uh, you know, Bean and Paxton as the leads. Um, You would not, you know, you wouldn't have that marketability of Charlie Sheen, but I don't think that ended up really mattering too much in this, but we'll save that for the box office talk. But Yeah. yeah, Dennis Haysbert is fine. I mean, he's the human connection, the like, you know, you know, Navy Navy Seals have feelings and have lives too, you know. That's that's basically has the purpose that he serves in the movie.
0: Yeah. Well, could there be something with by 1990 as well? You know, military guys, guys with guns, guys on the cover. Is Sheen and Bean a little too bland, little too vanilla, not muscular enough? Like, could the could the the could the audience have been put off by? the fact that these guys are maybe just like not, not who people want to see anymore. You know, like they want to like, even though it's a very realistic portrayal, I would think in terms of these operations and the danger, but like we're people expecting more of an action movie. Like it's not because the thing is, it's not, I wouldn't say it's, it's not that thrilling. I mean, you know, people die and it's, it's competently shot all these battles and stuff, but I don't know. I think people wanted Rambo and they weren't going to get it with Sheen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, when you when you compare Stallone and Schwarzenegger and Bruce Willis and, and, uh, you know, even occasionally our hero and icon, Kurt Russell. Yeah. Especially you have, you know, big guys like Schwarzenegger and Stallone and Bruce Willis. And, you know, even if they're not physically that big uh you know they they seem like giants on the screen and they seem massive and you know Michael Bean and Charlie Sheen just don't come across that same way and i i think yeah maybe that's what audiences didn't react to
0: yeah i, I th- they probably wanted something that they just they knew intuitively like i don't really it, it, this kind of looks like an like a huge action movie and like you know you you wouldn't necessarily say platoon's an action movie. You know, you don't want to see that again. So it's a drama. Like it's a straight drama. So it's like, if you want to see Sheen in something, I mean, all these movies you listed before this movie, he's not an action star. And it's, it's sort of like, like like, what if Alan Rickman was going to play like a, a a Navy seal in some random movie and he's, he's just (laughs) buffed out and he's got a gun. It's like, no, I want to see him act in like something like, so he's acting, you know, and I think that's where Charlie Sheen was always kind of regarded, uh, you know, more the actor than, and the jokester and the comedic kind of guy. Um, which I think that's, it's kind of weird. It's like when he reached the, doing the hotshots movie later on, he was, that was just almost, that was perfect. Like that was perfect casting. Make him look yeah like Rambo, but it's Charlie Sheen doing comedy and it, both movies work so well. Um, especially after we've seen him in a couple of these military movies, uh, leading up to that it's kind of it's kind of weird part. Hot Shots probably doesn't work without the the rest of his career before you know
1: right yeah well yeah we'll we'll talk about kind of where this led for him but I mean if you take what No, no was like, out around around 1990 where yeah. you've got Total Recall yeah. you've got Rambo 3 you've got Die Hard yeah. and then you put Navy Seals up with that what are you going to watch
0: yeah exactly uh, all those other movies <laughs> yeah <laughs> until now the real stuff is hard real real stuff can maybe hard when you're looking for action like i don't like this like well you just turn your brain off and you can enjoy a movie like that's fine that if that's what people really think about movies like um but like you know you, you want some engagement i think and mm-hmm. i think you know there's just a couple there's enough misses or or just enough not enough things that serve an audience uh, that want want some engagement, especially if it's supposed to be real. Um, but like, I, you know, I haven't watched Top Gun in a minute. But like, I don't know. I feel like when I watch Top Gun again, <laughs> I'm gonna be like, oh, this is much more like Navy Seals than I thought. <laughs> I
1: don't know. I can't. Oh, don't I can't. worry. Top Gun's coming this year. <laughs> it, it's gonna happen.
0: Yeah. So uh, anyway. Yeah, and then who I mean um, and then you so yeah. and then you had Joanne Worley in the movie. So I loved her from yeah. Laughing. Uh or is that no, that's the comedian Joanne Worley. It, it's jo- <laughs> jo- Joanne Wally. Jo- Joanne Wally, excuse me. Uh who
1: was uh married to Val Kilmer at the time, so yeah. and is coming off of Willow. So, you know, that's another huge movie, but you know her character is just the kind of the forced female role that really doesn't serve much of a purpose other than feeding him Michael Bean a bit of information but that's uh, uh yeah she does not have a lot to do here
0: yeah it's it i feel like it's she she serves to help the plot move a little but she like her character kind of slows things down it slows the story mm-hmm. like you know what 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 James Curran is after she kind of can help a- a- acquire, but they don't really have a good rapport. You don't really buy that. They could like, maybe they become friends and friendly and then whatever. But like the, you could have done a lot more with like this outsider character coming in. Um, But like mm-hmm. the script doesn't, doesn't serve that. It's, you know, you can tell like this is a script by someone who was a seal and what his life like was a seal. And, rah, 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 go seals! <laughs> like, right. Instead of like, I, I need I need a character examination and dramatization of of the the internal struggles of a, a seal and, and and juxtaposed against civilian life and the, tr- the the search for truth in a in a world of secrets. And it's like none of that was happening. <laughs> you know? She's like a yeah. I a, mean, an art you're
1: character. not gonna get. And you're not going to get a female, you know, female voice here. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's not just not going to be represented. So no, yeah, you get one one woman in the movie, and that's what you get.
0: Well, like, and there, well, there's two others. I mean, you know, uh, Hayesberts. Uh, oh right, yeah. I'm sorry,
1: Esapatha uh, Merkerson. I forgot yes. totally.
0: Who I recognize from Terminator Two? Is that right?
1: Yeah, she was. Uh, she and she's, you know, she's got more of a at least an emotional depth to play with. I mean, at least she's got something that happens.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like you don't really get a good sense of her unless she's against these guys and which is fine. But like, you know, he, Haysbert was like sort of trying to protect her character and, and she, all she is is sort of like the victim of, of these circumstances. Um, And it's just, you know, I don't know. And then she has to convince Haysbert, like, yeah, I'll marry you, of course. Like, I take take you as a whole. As though that's, like, I don't get that's why it's it's his struggle. Like, he can't love her and bring her in. I just don't buy it because there's not a lot there. there's The conflict is very internal to Haysbert's character and is only expressed with his buddies and then briefly with her where she just kind of dismantles his whole argument anyway. So it's really weird. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then she has to suffer his death and suffer that she you know spoiler alert okay yeah that because he died and they're not married you know she doesn't get a flag to remember him by and which was sort of a way over the top scene for me when she like collapses into michael bean's iron would i have gotten a flag And he's like yeah you would have and she like loses it i'm like i could she i didn't get it i didn't get that reaction i didn't even get that motivation like what she turned it up to a thousand on that one. Yeah. But I don't blame her. I think I, that's how it's like written and directed. Like, no, you got to sell it. You're a military wife who didn't get to be a military wife. Your, your tragedy is even deeper. Like, you know, (laughs) you can be proud of him, but you can't, you can't have a piece of him anymore. It's kind of crazy. It's a little twisted. (laughs) Like in that, that hero love, that hero worship that this movie is clearly trying to communicate. Like, but these guys are heroes they're better than everyone and they deserve like no matter who they are they deserve a level of respect and, and you know of worship um, which to a certain extent I can agree with some of that sentiment but I, it's not it's it's kind of trash like <laughs> it's propaganda but okay that's yeah. for, for me personally I find that <clears> as <throat> like almost propaganda in a sense uh, anyway yeah. but yeah no she's good in it though I think <laughs> Yeah. That's good to see. Well, her. she's in it. She's in it.
1: <laughs> uh, and then just rounding out the team, you've got Rick Rosevich, who uh, this is a pre-Pacific Blue Rick Rosevich, mm-hmm. and Cyril O'Reilly, who I think was in Porky's, and then Paul Sanchez. Um, we One of the, one thing I want to talk about here, there are a lot of crisscrossing of these actors. These actors have, uh, so many of them have worked together. Multiple times previously, I, I want to go down that list with you, please. And some of you guys may know this, and some might be might be new here. So, okay. First off, okay, you've got Michael Bean, Bill Paxton, Rick Rosevich in Terminator One. Mm-hmm. You've got Michael Bean and Bill Paxton, of course, in Aliens. Mm-hmm. You've got Michael Bean, Bill Paxton, and Val Kilmer, husband of Joanne Wally. Uh, in Tombstone.
0: Okay. Maybe.
1: Okay. Yeah. You could have just stuck to the first two. You've got... Well, you still got Bean and Paxton there. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, you've got Charlie Sheen and Paul Sanchez were in Platoon together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Of course, Charlie Sheen and Dennis Haysbert were in Major League One and Two together.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Michael Bean and Asapatha Merkerson were in Terminator 2... The director's cut together
0: oh that's right there's he's in the director's cut wait
1: yeah michael well yeah michael bean only shows up in the director's cut which is the only cut that should be watched
0: it's a flashback right or a flash forward it's
1: kind of a dream sequence
0: oh right sarah dreams about him right
1: yeah 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 uh and then you've got you know we we talk about how this movie Really Well, I guess we haven't really talked in depth about it, but this movie being a, you know, really trying to follow in the wake of Top Gun. Of course, Top Gun co-starred Rick Rossovich and Val Kilmer. Yeah. And then Charlie Sheen, as you mentioned, was in Hot Shots, which uh, definitely has a, uh, you know, somewhat mildly related to this movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. And of course, related to Top Gun. So yeah, of course. Um but yeah, top this this is uh so a lot of these guys were kind of floating around each other uh previously, but um you I there would be no navy seals without Top Gun. I think you know, that was really the movie that um turned I, I think between like Rambo 2 and Top Gun, that really turned uh military into entertainment.
0: Yeah. Yeah, glorification and 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 excitement. For, for, you know, a real part of the military, yes. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> and this is, you know, this is just the, like trying to get to that level and just can. And I don't know if it's just not the right mix of cast. Of course, we love some of these guys. Um, or if it's the directing that's not taking it there. Or, or if it wasn't quite enough money dumped into it for... Uh, you know, some of the action sequences, um, you know, the action sequences are it seems like they're trying to be a little more realistic with them. But yeah. um, it, maybe that's not as like you were saying, that's not what the audience is looking for in 1990, that they want that really over the top, uh, you know, explosive kind of action.
0: Yeah, I mean, I and I think you. I mean, there's other movies that are that portray realistic, you know, military operations and things like that but it's got to be cinematic and I think there might just be a deficiency in making a, lo- a lot of this action cinematic because it does, it feels like let's just show off these new toys and these, these cool things everyone does. And, and then I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's missing something. I think, I think most of like these sort of the battle scenes, they work, but, maybe because there's such a lack of like a a, a lack of story or just a paper thin story to to connect it all. Like it's just sort of like Mm -hmm. you're going from one thing to the next and you're kind of bored in between and you're not engaged with what's going on. So yeah, there's just a, there's, yeah, it's a combination of things. I think, I think we keep, you know, hitting that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they certainly made the, you know, the effort for realism that the cast trained with real Navy SEALs. They each had a real Navy SEAL, you know, assigned to them that they could, you know, really work one on one with to get their yeah. body language, which I think they did a good job of that and their mm-hmm. movements and how Navy SEALs work together as a team and their training. Um, you know, of course, some of these guys have gone through military training before on some of the other movies they were doing. Um they shot the movie in Norfolk, Virginia, and then the scenes in the Middle East were in were actually shot in Cartagena, Spain. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used all the the military vehicles and ships, and the aircraft carriers were actually uh, from the Spanish Navy <laughs> and not the U.S. Navy. <laughs> I
0: see. Okay. <laughs> apparently,
1: apparently, the U.S. Navy, I think, in just the interest of keeping what Navy SEALs are and what they do secret, really. Didn't want to get involved with this movie and didn't want to give it their stamp of approval. so yeah. uh, they had to go outside and where they were going to film the movie made the most sense. Right. Um, there's actually a few different endings here for this movie in, in various script drafts. one where uh, where Michael Bean's current lieutenant Curran character dies, and then another where uh, where Charlie Sheens Hawkins, kind of redeems himself and sacrifices himself and saves the rest of his team at the end. Hmm. Which, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, Lieutenant Curran is essentially a non-factor in the end, so I don't think having him die would have made a huge difference other than I would have cried for Michael Bean because I love him. (laughs) Uh, But killing the Hawkins character would have been a big deal.
0: Yeah, I think so. Uh, I don't think I think people would be against that though, because he even if it's a big sacrifice. I mean, I don't know a lot of like they instead of killing these two guys, like they kill off most of the team. (laughs) So it's uh, (laughs) and you need enough guys to survive to make it feel like it's all worth it. Like these these four guys barely make it out, and well, they got the stingers, (laughs) they blew up the missiles. Good 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 job. Most of you died. Oh, well, (laughs) because at the end, I'm like, oh, are these guys like heroes or are they? I don't know. I mean, they want their intentions are good as as that's what we see throughout the film. You know, Bean really wants to get to the bottom of this thing and, you know, help help make sure these terrorists aren't armed. Like, yeah, like obviously his, his intentions are good, but like, you know, are these guys just being sacrificed over like what what's really going on at the. With all the suits and ties, you know, controlling everything. Right. I don't know. You know, <laughs> you want to dive well, into it? Well, yeah.
1: I mean, the 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 plot is sort of like you said, paper thin. I mean, they've they've they you, the beginning of the movie, they're just on a rescue mission, and during that rescue mission, of course, Charlie Sheen and Dennis Haysbert, you know, kind of stumble into this massive amount of missiles that are being stockpiled. Yeah. So you know, they that creates a conflict between Michael Bean and Charlie Sheen about. You know what? If they should do anything about those missiles, but that wasn't what their mission was, so they leave, and then they have to. You know, they're just itching to go back and, and get rid of uh, get rid of those missiles. So that's the whole second half of the movie. Yeah, yeah. All right. All that being said, David, yes. I want to go. I want to look at this movie. I made a few notes, and I want to talk about some what I like to call a segment called moments of glory. With Navy SEALs, ah,
0: moments of glory.
1: You want you, you want to join me with that? Yeah, I'm in. Yeah,
0: let's talk about some of the best moments of glory.
1: Okay, some of the some of the beats that really jumped out at me, the good and the bad. Okay. Uh, right off the bat, you get those opening titles,
0: mm-hmm. boom, boom, boom. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, yeah, boom, 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 boom. Like, oh boy, we're in for we're in for something special it's, here.
0: It's gonna be a big thing, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, with Sylvester Levy's score um which which I think is good but you can't find anywhere. Um hmm. uh, Did you notice the guy in, in the opening sequence where that helicopter is, you know, under attack basically? Um Was that the guy from Kingpin and the um, Farley Brothers movies?
0: Oh, I don't know. Uh no, who is that? Or maybe uh,
1: Yeah, I I Vicky's the pilot of that uh, of that helicopter in that opening sequence he is like the the villain character in kingpin who, who's like you know has that that bowling uh you know vanessa angel where the guy that they get vanessa angel from
0: oh okay uh, and he's uh, yeah.
1: he's like a bartender i think he's like a bartender in dumb and dumber he's in the fairly brothers like all their early movies oh
0: rob moran yeah
1: yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure that that's him.
0: Yeah, I, I looked him up. I think uh, I think you're I think you're right. Mor- Rob Moran. Way to him. go! Good job. Yeah, good 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 catch. <laughs> good catch. And
1: I think the other guy um, is from, I want to say Mortal Kombat he, two or something. Did he play Jax?
0: He played the first Jax, which is just a brief scene
1: in the right in Mortal Kombat one. In Mortal right? Kombat
0: one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so then, look at
1: that. There's there is star power all over this movie. Okay, yeah, good catch. Right off the bat,
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> um, on a cool scale, like how cool is Lieutenant Hawkins and Charlie Sheen? Uh,
0: what? Uh, I don't know. Sheen's like probably cooler 10 than being
1: as ten being like as cool as you can possibly be, like Paul Newman cool. Charlie Sheen would be what, like a thirteen, fourteen,
0: out out of out of ten.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, he's crazy. He's crazy. <laughs> uh, if you want a moment of glory, it's when he in the opening in that scene, in when they uh, when they go to the wedding, and he just jumps out of the jeep into the river. Yeah. Which is the... there's a
1: lot of moments in that the first scene scene with the guys. Yeah. First, like, first of all, how does Charlie Sheen not? Just a logistical thing. How does he not dr- drown? How did he not drown? I don't know. He's yeah. face down on the beach like with the waves continuously coming over him. Right. Passed out in a drunken stupor. Yeah. But he's okay. He's got a, in fact, he's cool.
0: He's got a woman's high heel. He's clutching a woman's high heel. So he clearly had an adventure yeah. last night. <laughs> and it kind of opens like he could have been someone on the on the ship <laughs> in the opening sequence. That got, everything gets blown to hell so but then you yeah. he realize he's wearing a hawaiian shirt and it's a oh no crazy guy had a crazy night Uh oh the boys
1: and the wedding so they've got 30 minutes to from waking up to like be at the wedding yeah 30, 30 minutes. 30 minutes 30 minutes yeah and they're not really rushing but uh you know we got michael bean sits down with uh with dennis Haysbert. And that stop drinking, started thinking line. Alright, yeah. Classic. That's that's a, that's a gem right there. It's never
0: good. <laughs>
1: Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um The one of my favorite kind of movie blooper type things is in this movie when they Michael Bean's driving them to the wedding and you know, Hayesbert's in the passenger seat and Charlie Sheen's in the back seat. And yeah, we get the cool you know diving out of the car and off the bridge just to protest the wedding. Yeah. Uh moment, but if you watch carefully, clearly there's a there's a camera car attached to the front of the jeep as they're driving mm-hmm. and Michael Bean spends a hell of a lot of time looking at Dennis Haysbert <laughs> as he's talking to him and not at the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> the steering wheel as he's he's continuously turning the steering wheel like just enough that there's no way this car would be going straight,
0: right? <laughs> he's just like back and forth with it. Like, here's my theater fake driving that I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> like, like he had an invisible wheel and he's doing a, a, a sketch, you know, on a the, on a stage.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the the shot where where Charlie Sheen jumps out of the car, like the the one specific shot where obviously the stunt person jumps out. Yeah um clearly that is at sunset and the rest is just plain old daylight oh <laughs> right right yeah just <laughs> just a couple of little things that like ooh, guys someone yeah this is a big movie somebody catch these things
0: <laughs> yeah that's the best they could do right there <laughs> what and else? of
1: course like clockwork you know the wedding the interrupted wedding that you could have seen that coming 10 miles away
0: yeah, they all get their pay. All the uh, the whole team, the whole SEAL team, is there, and they all get paged, and everything stops, and he, and he just gotta he gotta go. He's gotta go.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> See, I'll call you tonight. <laughs> like, oh boy. Yeah. These are they were men. like
1: seconds away from saying I do, and nope, they just drop it all, and uh, and are clearly like relieved to be getting out of there.
0: Yeah. No one. They don't want to be. They don't want to be there. Nobody wants to be there, including. Dennis Haysburg.
1: I think Paxton's rocking a really great, uh, turtleneck in that scene as
0: well. Is it a turtleneck? Yeah, it could be. Yeah. <laughs> I know he has a turtleneck in true lies. I don't remember his, his wardrobe in, in that scene. <sighs>
1: um, I couldn't stop laughing when, you know, after that first mission, when they're, when they're, you know, they're back on the, um, aircraft carrier being debriefed and, and, uh, Michael Bean comes to Charlie Sheen's, you know, bunk and they're talking about it. And Charlie Sheen is just jacked up. Like he's just, it just, the way he talks about it, like he's just, you know, all fired up still is that just cracked me up.
0: (laughs) Well, the adrenaline goes, I think they, they wanted to communicate after these missions, these guys, their adrenaline is pumping the whole way. It's, it's, uh. You know, sometimes you 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 have that adrenaline high for hours after a traumatic or you know invigorating kind of yeah experience. Well, they like, get that rush. They got that rush, and that's that's what they're chasing. They're chasing that next high. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, I would love to talk about the golf sequence. Can oh. we
0: talk about that? So ter- it's the it's the volleyball sequence from Top Gun. In, it's in preppy it's form.
1: Yeah, it's completely the volleyball, you know, sequence in Top Gun. Uh, I think they had something else in mind that was even closer to the volleyball sequence. And uh, I want to say it was either Bean or Paxton who, you know, pushed back and had them at least, you know, keep some keep their clothes on and and change whatever sport it was.
0: Oh, really? They were going to do like like what? like basketball shirts and skins or something. Or yeah,
1: I think it was I think it might have been basketball actually, really? but uh yeah, it was it would have been even more obvious. But
0: it's all these guys who are they're just having fun, they're on the golf course, they're drinking beers. They're they're being wild. They're like driving driving recklessly with the golf carts. They got like five or six golf carts and and Hayesworth's there with his fiance too. But it's all these guys yeah. just being guys, like just having a goof, goofy hey, time. Awful. The
1: the boys are back in town.
0: And then, yeah, the boys are back in town is playing, which it wasn't the original uh, by any stretch. And I couldn't tell who, who sang it, but it's Bon Jovi. <laughs> it's, it's Bon Jovi's yeah, version. Yeah, it's, it's Bon boys Jovi. So talk about a moment of glory that, that <laughs> doesn't get any more glorious than that. But it's like they're <laughs> fucking frat guys just like, Having a fun, a blast at the golf course, like it's, it's yeah. They drove a golf well, cart into a lake. Like, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> yeah. What is this?
1: Yeah, they're like throwing golf clubs at each other and and Great. tossing uh beers or brain grenades. Let's get it right.
0: Oh yeah, brain grenades. <laughs> like, <laughs> just dudes being dudes. Yeah. Oh, and then and I love
1: the yeah. Go ahead. Well,
0: then and it leads to. You know Hawkins seeing his his car because he he's he does whatever he wants. He parks it on like the fairway or he doesn't park in the parking lot. It's getting towed and he chases it down, and 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 rescues oh, well, his damn First of all, he, car. wait, wait,
1: not just chases it down. He steals somebody's bicycle. Yeah. Catches up to the tow truck that's going I don't know however fast. Yeah. And and he jumps on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like this guy can do anything, right? So he's got he's so skillful, but he's still got that double care attitude. And uh, he's just able to get that car and like no problem. Forget that, that on those kinds of tow trucks, they'd be chained to the, <laughs> chained to the yeah. flatbed. Like at, it would never be like that easy to do that. Uh, the, so the driver
1: never notices that he's lowering the the gate, you know, and then <laughs> and then he of course there's a Mack truck, you know, coming straight at him. So he's got to pop it and his convertible into reverse. Yeah. Off the tow truck, Yeah. and then you know, do a spin out move to uh, get out of the road. But uh, um, it's just uh, Charlie Sheen. That wow, that's uh, that Hawkins character is yeah. uh, a lot. Well, and of course he drives. Is he a... like fifteen? He acts like he's fifteen. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: what like the, that's what all these fantasies are with these like these things. Like the thing that you wanted as a kid, like a red, uh, red uh, convertible, hot car you know and being able to do anything like a superhero it's like yeah what the hell is this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so ridiculous and
1: i love what another moment between charlie sheen and michael bean was when uh when they say hit him and forget him that's what we do
0: right right great you, line yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> because, like you know, they're they're just these grunts who do these missions. They can't worry about the consequences or whatever. That at least that's how yeah. that's how Hawkins sees it. So get, you got to give them points for at least trying to add some depth to Curran for like thinking of beyond yeah. the current mission.
1: Yeah. Um. So once uh, Michael Bean and Joanne Wally just for some reason there is like zero chemistry there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they don't and,
1: work. And maybe
0: it's
1: no, I and, and maybe it's just the way it's shot too. That the the scene where they, you know, he goes to meet up with her and then they go out to lunch together. Yeah. It's it might be the most boringly see, shot scene that I've ever I've ever witnessed. I mean, they're they're like there's no over the shoulder shots. There's no coverage. Yep. It's just this static two shot yeah. with them on either side of the frame. And is it the, the was it the Washington uh, monument? yeah like in the background
0: yeah yeah
1: they're, it's just nothing they're, and and there's there's like you they didn't even cut it together to play off of each other like and, and create it even in post like create a kind of energy between them
0: yeah i wonder if like they added this scene later like they reshot something that was already done and they like just got this thing quickly shot like it, the fact that it's a static two shot for the entirety of it is completely bananas like it doesn't make any sense Yeah, I hate it.
1: And or like, did something go wrong with the footage on the coverage there? Yeah, I don't know what what happened.
0: Yeah, did they lose Um, all these all these uh, reels or cans? What do you call that when you shoot a shoot you shoot a a a reel? Is that right? A reel
1: of film. Yes, this was uh, back in the days of film.
0: Yeah, so maybe they lost all the reels when they were shooting the coverage. Yeah. They just got lost on a truck um, somewhere. And then
1: And then when he just lets uh when Michael Bean just lets Joanne Wally you know hop along for the training session, like you can just that was such bring on visitors bullshit. to watch Navy SEALs train.
0: Watching them train. She's not wearing any protective gear. There's explosions <laughs> and bullets. She's standing ten feet away from the course. Uh, showing like And don't they shoot all around her like at one point? Yeah, well then he leads her into the kill house and then he smiles and laughs when the rest of them blow in with their guns and shoot live ammo <laughs> and he's like laughing it's insane and like yeah he trusts these guys not to hit him but like what if she freaked out and ran like i get that they i know that's not like realistic like they wrote it this way but like what but like are you kidding me like it's insane so he and he did that to like you know, give her the the real idea of like what war is like, how difficult it is. This is how this is how he convinces her to help him. Like it's such bullshit. Like he he like basically put her in so much fucking danger, and and yeah. and, and all of that. The whole sequence while she's there is a big commercial of like this is what these men go through, and this is what they do, and this is how they train. And oh yeah, big commercial. This it's... is the
1: Navy recruitment film. Oh, this so is that upset. Part it. Like it's yeah.
0: so stupid. Like and the and it's like sadistic about. You know, putting her under live ammunition like that would never happen. He'd be thrown out like <laughs> these yeah. commanding officers would kill him like I, you can't do that. You can't do that like, at any point. It's so crazy. I don't know.
1: That's insane. So um, and then how about, you know, staying with the Joanne Wally storyline? How about the Charlie Sheen date stealing? I, that uh, that doesn't age well.
0: No, that's horrible. That's horrible. This is his, <laughs> yeah. this is his brother in arms first of all, and then he's such a, like a slime ball with her and he's a, and he's a total racist and she's still like, well, I guess, yeah, I, I'll spend the rest of the day, the night here with you, you know, we'll have our date. <laughs> like he literally just like called you a raghead. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding? <clears throat> and she has yeah. to kind of tolerate it. Cause he's kind of charming. Um, yeah, he,
1: he fires out multiple like racist comments, yeah. like back to back.
0: Yeah, because like, that's how he normally talks. But, of course, he only talks that way normally to a civilian. Like, you don't get a... He doesn't really say any other racist shit anywhere else. But this is, you know, this is an example. This is why these guys are different, you know? They don't fit into society like the rest of us. This. This, this is how they see things, you know? They was trying to, like, show, like, you know, the difficulty to be a SEAL or a fucking racist, I guess, like... um, which is fine, you know. I don't. I don't. Not. Not that it's fine. I just mean like, yeah. Of course. Like, write. Write this shit. Go ahead. Like, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I hate this part. <laughs> like, do your thing. I'm. You. You weren't going to convince me it's any better if if this didn't happen. Like, cut out the racism, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, I'm still like, nah. But he's such a slime ball. Yeah. What a jerk. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, What? not that he was going to rape her, but, like, he was pretty forceful on her.
0: Yeah, and it's and it's all, it's, you know, his end result is, like, let's just go to bed, in a sense. Like, that's all, especially, he doesn't care about, you know, he doesn't care about getting to know her or whatever. He just, like, that's, you know, that's what you do. You're a man on the prowl. You just, you want to, you want to take a woman home. Um, so all of his tactics don't work, and he's a jerk. <laughs> It's just sort of like, Yeah, this is gross. This is just gross. I don't <laughs> like this.
1: Um, take a look. Ne- next time you watch the movie, uh, take a look yeah. when the generals are all having their meeting about whether or not they're going to send the Navy SEALs back into to get the missiles. Mm-hmm. Take a look at the whiteboards uh, behind them and all... <laughs> what they say it's ridiculous oh i mean it's like i saw writing israel with like arrows like (laughs) iraq with arrows and saudi arabia with arrows like all like this interconnected like you would actually like israel and palestine don't like each other
0: (laughs) (laughs) just these ridiculous like loose connections like give you a sense of yeah i didn't really know i saw them there but i didn't give them a, a lot of attention Oh, god it's
1: it's worth watching,
0: oh God uh,
1: um we talked about Espotha Merkerson and her reaction um that was like w- when when they tell her that that Graham has been killed, she ratches it up to like a thousand,
0: yeah, yeah, she does and like that, and they keep it a wide shot. scream. It's a big scream and, Ooh. you know. You know, it's a, it's a traumatic thing to get it's tr- the traumatic news to get. So yeah, she she has yeah. a tough time with it, and she's a little over the top at the funeral too. With the she doesn't get her flag and just loses her mind. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor woman. <laughs> um, and and
1: the whole like middle section of the movie after that, like Michael Bean is so mopey and crying, and you know, navy Navy SEALs have feelings too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, of course. You know, they all have difficulties. He's crying. But how about when they're at the bar? How about that cameo? Oh, yeah. The cameo of uh, one Mr. Titus Welliver shows up to start some shit.
1: (laughs) This is his. Yeah. I mean, of course, as we know him on Bosch now and, and lots of other things, but he uh this has to be almost uh, probably his very first role or one of
0: one of i think so right um let me double check while we're he's talking about he gets
1: this. he gets shown up by charlie sheen pretty good in this
0: oh yeah he gets his uh yeah because he, he's gonna be a tough guy to these guys and then so charlie sheen like embarrasses him because he, he's a trained killer <laughs> yeah. so yeah no yeah this is his first credit on uh imdb if you can yeah way to go titus wasn't titus also in who's the wait who's the guy that was in groundhog day that we said he's in the cafe who's that i thought it was titus welliver but i don't think it is Who... uh no there's rick dukeman
1: and um Oh. who else uh no i don't think it's titus welliver
0: no the guy who the yeah it's it's not but uh the guy who's gonna get married uh and he's in the diner and then oh uh michael michael shannon oh that's michael shannon <laughs> when he because yeah. when, when titus shows up in this movie and i'm like oh my god Wait, wasn't he in Groundhog Day 2 like in a random role <laughs> <laughs> and, and I didn't bother to check. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> but yeah, Titus Wallace's oh, sh- uh, having a having a great year over these last or great great career over these last 30 years. Oh yeah. Starting yeah. in Navy Seals.
1: Um we get our big, you know, our big extended action sequence, which I actually enjoyed the whole act- action sequence at the end. I think it was well choreographed and well done. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you could. Yeah, it it all works in terms of uh, the pacing of it and and, and really the the insurmountable odds of it. It seems like really impossible (laughs) that they're going to get through it. But it all kind of makes sense, I think, you know. Yeah.
1: Uh, And you get your typical, you know, Michael Bean, the wounded at the end of the movie, which we would see in Terminator and aliens and this and, you know, many, many times. I think that was like one of his trademarks.
0: Sure. He's got to take a He's got to take a hit.
1: Yeah, but you know one thing that I I did like. So let's let's circle back to our friend Bill Paxton, being that this is Paxton Fest. Um, he's really like the only one that kind of comes across as a real badass.
0: Mm, yeah,
1: I mean he's got sure. that you know he's the sniper, so he's cool, and then he's got that massive gun and just you know really kind of like you know punches a hole and and a way for these guys to get out and that's his kind of role in the, in the mission um but that's you know that sequence earlier in the movie where he just like fires these like rocket bullets at these uh guys who have his team pinned down
0: yeah i mean it's a 50 I thought that was pretty cool it's a 50 caliber it's it's so destructive uh, as you can see it's punching holes through stone uh <laughs> and just basically blowing these guys away um yeah yeah, he's just up in a perch, uh, safe and sound from anybody and blowing people away uh, at a distance. What a hero. <laughs> <laughs> Snipers, uh, man. And his
1: name's God, so he's he's cool. It's
0: because he sees everything. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah. and of course, just like in Predator 2 and Aliens, Bill Paxton bites the big one. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. He's, uh,
1: he's not going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I actually did like, you know, how they were, how the mission was choreographed and how they kind of start getting eliminated. It feels like finally at the end, something's kind of happening in this movie. And, yeah. and uh, you know, you do get your, your happy, uh, your relatively happy ending with, uh, oh, look, we were right on top of the submarine. That was our escape, you know, the whole time.
0: Yeah, it doesn't uh, it's so crazy that... By all accounts of how they portray it, there's no reason the sub should have still been there. Like, <laughs> the sp- No,
1: the, they were supposed to... They were, like, way out of time. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, but, of course, the they were rescued. Anyway.
0: They were rescued. But, I pro- yeah. but probably the, the finest moment of glory at the end there is the uh, Charlie Sheen killing the bad guy.
1: Oh, of course. You, yeah, you, the underwater fight.
0: Underwater fight, which ends up with a knife to a throat... And you see a, a knife, you see the hand mo- movement off screen, but it's done so poorly <laughs> that, you know, you don't and you don't see any blood from the motion. And then when the body is floating away, you're seeing it from the back. So you don't see the throat and there's no blood anywhere. <laughs> it's a bloodless right. throat kill, like completely awful, just terrible. And I well, it was the water. It's the water. That's not what happens. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I don't, I think blood ge- leaks out. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's, maybe that's scientifically accurate. And all other movies <laughs> have shown me that when you bleed underwater, you don't see it. But, uh, I feel like that's yeah. not possible. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. Uh, and, you know, you've got your happy, your, your, uh, surviving Navy seals are all laughing at the end and yay, we did it. Awful. <laughs> yeah. Good job guys. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's how real Navy SEALs end their end their missions, yeah. but uh, what do I know? Yeah, um, I'm saying that to a guy who was a Navy SEAL who wrote the movie. So really, what do I know? Uh, maybe nothing.
0: I'm sure they. I'm sure um, there is a, a joy after after surviving any mission. So uh, yeah, it just seems if you're going to dramatize it, seems yeah seems a little weird. But hey, listen, yeah, I'm not a military guy. I don't know what it's like to put my life on the line.
1: So those are just some of the moments of glory from Navy SEALs uh, that I enjoyed and loved.
0: That's a lot of moments. That <laughs> That's was a like, lot of moments. That was like twenty lot, lots moments. of moments. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy.
1: Um, well, let's let's talk a little box office. Should we? Should we see how this guy how the,
0: this movie did? Yeah, sure. Let's talk about it.
1: So uh, the movie had a twenty one million dollar budget. It uh, was released on July twentieth, nineteen ninety. Uh, It opened at number five with a $9.7 million opening weekend. Oh. So it's the only movie opening that weekend, and it starts at number five. Ooh. Yikes.
0: Ouch. What happened? Uh,
1: And it opened between uh, a re-release of The Jungle Book and Days of Thunder, which was in its fifth week.
0: Wow. Oh, my gosh.
1: So... Not a good start. Uh, it ends up with only about twenty-four or twenty-five million dollars worldwide, so it you know barely made its money back, uh, but was not a hit, not a success. It ends up the number fifty-three, <coughs> excuse me, of nineteen ninety, uh, falling between the re-release of Fantasia, so another Disney re-release, mm-hmm. and Look Who's Talking Two.
0: Oh, okay. Look who's talking. To. So
1: Bean and the Machine and Paxton outdid Travolta.
0: Well, the thing is, in it, for the run of Look Who's Talking to, it made a lot more money because it went in, it right. bled into the next year. So yeah, it, yeah. You look Who's Talking to ended up actually making about forty-seven million total at the end of its yeah. run. If you look at the stats for just the year, you know, it only has X amount of dollars. But you know,
1: right? The the calendar year nineteen ninety, which uh, yeah that came out right at the end but
0: but if you were going to talk total box office uh for any movie released that year uh, it's between mm-hmm. Fantasia and Ernest Goes to Jail so it just slightly gets above right Ernest Goes to Jail at 25.05 <laughs> Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. So
1: I and and really this does have an effect on everyone's careers here um mm some good, some bad, some, you know, you know, uh, like Chuck Ferrar, for instance, would go on to have a successful career as, as a writer. I mean, he wrote dark man and hard target and red planet. And so he would, and, lo- and lots of other things, but he, um, you know, he's always kind of around, I don't think, you know, nothing really super highbrow, but it was all a- entertainment value. Uh, so, I think he did okay, but this movie definitely hurt Charlie Sheen and it hurt Michael Beam. Mm.
0: Hurt hurt them emotionally. Is that what you
1: <laughs> It uh, you know, this was obviously the attempt to give Charlie Sheen a lead in an action movie and it wasn't it didn't take um Men at Work was not a hit. Uh 1990 was not a, a good year for him and you know, really, it would be the beginning of a long run of of you know of you know things not hitting for him. The only exceptions being Hot Shots and Hot Shots Two. Those were, and I remember when Hot Shots came out, it was they were talking about how you know he had been on this downturn, and this was like the one blip, uh, you know, of 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 quality for him.
0: Yeah. Hmm. I guess I guess that does affect it, but I mean, yeah, they tried to put him in a lot bigger movies. For going forward um, and none of yeah you're right like not really hitting when you're talking about your three musketeers and your terminal velocity yeah all through
1: the 90s yeah and the arrival and, the arrival. and um, yeah it, he really wouldn't have you know a big time hit again till he moved to tv with two and a half men
0: yeah well you know he after michael j fox had to, to bow out of spin city um, I think he had a pretty good run. Like, he replaced him more or less with a new character. And yeah, so, but
1: I don't, I think there was only a few seasons.
0: Yeah. Well, two, yeah, two seasons worth. But, like, you know, he, I mean, Spin City was on its way down, but, you know, he he was there. Right. It was him doing comedy and, you know, kind of, I think that was a, a multi, I mean, it was a multi cam. I don't, I but I don't, I'm sure they shot in front of an audience. So, look at him doing, yeah. And then, you know, so that, without Spin City, who knows if he actually would have been, into Two and a Half Men, which came out the, the year later. So he had sort of like a he had sort of a test run on, on TV. And then, you know, so he was on TV for like 12 years straight, you know, with Two and a Half yeah. Men included. Uh, and th- well, but right. then, of course, he went over to anger management after he left Two and a Half Men. Yeah. For FX. Yep. Um, which I think they shot 100 episodes. They did the 1090 deal. So, yeah, they did 10. They did well and they shot 90 more like within a year. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but as far as big movies, you know, this was the kind of the beginning of the end with, of course, like we said, Hot Shots. Yeah. Uh, being a little bit of saving grace. Uh, Michael Bean. Uh, this unfortunately continued his, you know, he was getting typecast as military. You know, look at his career, especially, you know, through the 80s and 90s, military, 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 you know, whether he's a hero a villain uh you know it's it's some kind of military um futuristic or present day all the way through the rock mm-hmm. um and apparently he was un- even up for the role in avatar that uh, the villain role in avatar but then oh wow um yeah cameron uh, elected to go a different way but um you know i love michael bean i think he's a great actor i think it's unfortunate um again we'll we talked about it on our Aliens episode but we will talk when we cover Alien 3 we'll get really in depth about what happened with his career and where it went. But I think this contributed to it that Wait. you know he's he was a good supporting role, you know, supporting in, in Terminator, yeah. supporting in Aliens, even like a heavy supporting role and The Abyss. But here he's got the lead in a big movie and it didn't again it didn't work.
0: Yeah, well, he's got, like, the that commander role, but I don't even think he probably wasn't the, like, I guess he's, would he be considered the lead?
1: Well, he's above, like, him and Charlie Sheen are above the title.
0: Yeah, so it is one and two. It, and Charlie probably was the number yeah. one just because of the... Charlie was one. Uh, but, yeah, they were they were equal billing, in a sense, uh, with this. And why would we talk about Michael Bean's career on the Alien 3 episode? Was he considered to be in that movie because it's
1: what it's what could have been what was supposed to have been and what didn't happen okay so there so, there were thoughts yeah. of
0: him being in that movie is what you're saying
1: oh yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. there was full scripts with the hicks character as the as the lead as the, taking over the franchise from ripley but okay we'll save that
0: okay well yeah, there's a tease for whenever we do alien three
1: yeah oh yeah um Bill Paxton, on the other hand, I think did get away with this one because he wasn't really, I guess fortunately that he wasn't emphasized in the movie so much that it really didn't affect him at all. I mean, he would just, you know, his star would continue to rise, especially, you know, once he got to True Lies. And then, uh, yeah. you know, Twister's another movie uh, I've been thinking about lately. Maybe maybe we should, do, we should throw Twister in here in our Paxton Fest.
0: Oof, picking some real winners for the Paxton Fest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, but it, it's probably his biggest movie, whether whether you love it or not.
0: His probably, yeah. I mean, we could do Apollo thirteen, but you know, we could. But that's more of an ensemble. So yeah, let's do Twister. Yeah, let's kick it. Let's let's end. Let's let's continue Paxton Fest with him in the lead.
1: But he could. But he could get away with like kind of forgetting that he ever ever did Navy SEALs.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he picked. I think he 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 was given opportunities that that fit his his skill set very much. I don't think it was ever about trying to make him a a giant star. I mean, I guess Twister was probably the closest thing to that, but he plays like mm-hmm. a, he plays a big a real guy, you know? He plays like a real person in a sense and yeah. in, in Twister probably. Whereas he's really a character actor, I think in a lot of ways. I mean, he's he's been the yeah. lead in in other movies we've covered, but I mean, it's just he can he really brings so much so much to any role he does, Um but he's not necessarily doesn't have to be the star. So, right, you know, right. I think that's what works for yeah. him um, as a as a as an actor. And he he just he always loved what he did. Like I think I mentioned on one of our episodes, he was on uh, Agents of Shield, and my friend worked on Agents of Shield, and he would come in and and watch dailies with the he, he'd make he'd make them show the dailies to like the PAs in the office. Like he'd like, let's watch, mm-hmm. let's watch some of this footage. Like he, he just loved like the process of making, making shit. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I worked with him as well and, and he was, he was great. He was really fantastic. He was always really nice with me. Great to the crew. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and he brought, you know, Bill brought a lot to the table. Uh, he didn't get to really show it off in Navy seals, but, no. uh, uh, there would be a lot, a lot, you know, a lot more solid work uh, coming down the road for him, yeah. and we'll uh, we'll get to that. So, yeah. Um, overall, what do you think? How many uh, Jack Burtons would you rate Navy SEALs out of our our Jack Burton scale of uh, one to thirteen?
0: Out of one to thirteen. Well, it's funny because when you said earlier, like when you watch the movie again, notice this. Um, don't <laughs> don't know if that's ever happening. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'll probably out of thirteen. I'm I'm gonna give it like a four, <laughs> four and a half. Like that's it for four me. Four and a half. Four and a half at best. Right above Monster score. Yeah, <laughs> that's where I am. I'm gonna
1: give it. I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna give it a six. Actually, there you go.
0: Yeah, that's nice.
1: I, I uh, look. You know, Navy SEALs is. <laughs> A lot of people make fun of it. Of course, you know, it got famous from, again, from clerks ripping on it. But uh, I think there's some fun action. I think it's a good, you know, late night movie. Throw it on. Don't expect a lot. Um, There's certainly some things to laugh at and that don't age well. uh, But if you like any of these actors, it's it's an okay time. It's fun.
0: Sure, absolutely. (laughs) That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's
1: Navy Seals. You know what you're getting. You know, you know? what you're getting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> if you if you don't have a lot of options and you have Navy Seals at at, a, at the Ready, go with Navy Seals.
1: <laughs> yeah. So if you're up if if you're up all night and you, you're looking for something to just throw on the TV, put on Navy Seals, do yourself a favor. Mm. And you know what? Mm. Tweet at us. Send us a message, Mm -hmm. send us a DM. What did you think about it? Did, are we right? Are we off? Are we wrong? Are we not seeing something? And this is a brilliant piece of art that we just didn't, you know, aren't seeing it that way, but tell us.
0: Yeah. Give us a note. You
1: can, uh, yeah, you can hit us up on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're at reconsideration podcast on all three. Drop us a line there and, um, while you're at it, take a f- take up thirty seconds to uh, go over to Apple Podcasts, give us a five star rating and a review. It helps the show, and we always appreciate it. So, um, you know, we uh, we love doing the show, and we're, we got a, we got a lot, we got more stuff coming this uh, the, the next couple of weeks, and it's gonna be some fun episodes. I think Brent uh, will be back with us when he's available from the Voorhees Institute.
0: Yeah, once, he, once we unearth him from whatever secret horror project he's working on. Yeah. We'll, we'll bring him back. He's working
1: on The Mummy. He's working on what happened with The Mummy.
0: What the, just, what the hell happened with that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, quick uh, thank you to E.K. Wimmer for doing our, our theme music. And as always, definitely check out his podcast, Laser Graves. It was a lot of fun having him on for our, our look back at Canon Films. Uh, but he covers a lot of great, uh, great bad movies on on his show, and it's it's a great and fun show. Yeah. Uh, so check that out, and thanks to uh, Curtis Moore for the poster, as always.
0: Yes, thank you, thank you, Curtis.
1: Uh, so David, uh, I've got to get back into the archives here. We're gonna, I'm gonna just keep diving through. I think we can, we can extend Paxton Fest for one more week. Uh, maybe it'll be Twister, uh, but I'm going to take a look through and see what, uh, what, what other gems we can unearth. Oh, okay. Uh, so I'm going to sign off from here. I'm literally just going to dive straight into the film archives. Uh, so I'll see you next time on Cinemation.
0: Bye now.